Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is going to be episode 216 of The Informed Catholic, episode 216. And we're going to do the readings for the third Sunday of Advent, third Sunday of Advent of 2020. So if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job and you enjoy it, please subscribe and share to my podcast. And uh, this would help a great deal because uh, it would let Anchor and Spotify know that people actually enjoy this podcast. And um, the more subscribers and uh, the more encouragement for me to keep doing it, uh, because I do enjoy doing this. I do enjoy uh, reading to people if and also sharing information. So let's begin. OK, we've got that out of the way in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Be comforted, be comforted, my people. Your salvation comes quickly. Why with grief are you consumed? For sorrow has stricken you. I will save you, fear not, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Redeemer. Drop dew, you heavens from above, and let the clouds rain the just one. O God, who gladdens us by the annual expectation of our redemption, grant that we now receive with joy your only begotten Son as our Redeemer. May behold him without fear, and when he comes as our, ju our judge, even the same Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. So let's begin the, um, the rite of penance. Or the penit the uh, penit rites, <laughs> however they call it, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, and what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, and therefore I ask Blessed Mary, ever Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Christe Elision, Christe Elision, Christe Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision, Kiri Elision. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay, so um, we, I enjoy um, doing this. I enjoy reading to people the passages. I'm not a priest. I'm just a regular lay person, and I love reading scripture um, and um, sharing news. But most of all, doing something like this, if it helps somebody out there and someone appreciates it, the better. Then I know I'm doing something good. Okay, so uh, let's begin with the book of the prophet Isaiah. Uh, well, the reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 2, 10 and 11. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me 
He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release to prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God. I rejoice heartily in the Lord. In my God is the joy of my soul. For he, has done, for he has clothed me with a robe of salvation and wrapped me in a mantle of justice like a bridegroom adorned with didium, like a bride bedecked with her jewels. As the earth brings forth its plants and a garden makes its growth spring up, so will the Lord God make justice and praise spring up before all the nations. The... Um, Responsorial Psalm is going to be from the Magnificat, Luke chapter 1, verse uh, 46, 48, 49, 50, 53, 54. My soul rejoices in my God. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has looked upon his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. My soul rejoices in my God. The Almighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. He has mercy on those who fear him in every generation. My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has come to the help of his servant Israel, for he has remembered his promise of mercy. My soul rejoices in God, my Savior. Second reading is from... Uh... St. Paul's first letter to, to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verse 16 to 24. May you entirely, spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blamelessly for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. Always pray without ceasing in all circumstances. Give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from, from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy, and may you in entirely spirit, soul, and body, be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will always accomplish it. The word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Let me read this one more time. I think this is important. All right, I'm going to read Paul's letter, uh, his first letter to the Thessalonians one more time. A reading from St. Paul's uh, letter to the, to the Thessalonians, his first letter. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophetic utterances. Test everything. Retain what is good. Refrain from every kind of evil. May the God of peace make you perfectly holy and may you entirely, spirit, 
soul, and body be preserved blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful and he will also accomplish it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So now uh, the Alleluia Antiphon. Alleluia, Alleluia. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. Alleluia, Alleluia. A re um, reading from St. John's Gospel. All right. A man, a man named John was sent from God. He came for testimony to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to testify to the light. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to him to ask him, who are you? He admitted and did not deny it, but admitted it. I am not the Christ. So they asked him, what are you then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? So we can give an answer to those who sent us. What do you have to say for yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. As Isaiah the prophet said, some Pharisees were also sent. They asked him, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ or Elijah or the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water, but there is one among you whom you do not recognize, the one who is coming after me, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to untie. This happened in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It's, um, it seems like we're focused a lot here. Well, um, I mean, the gospel gives the testimony of John the Baptist, but when you go to Isaiah, Isaiah's quote is from the Hebrew version and what Luke um, has Jesus saying seems to be from the Septuagint translation more. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to, you know, to preach good news to the poor and the brokenhearted. And um, obviously, um, Jesus did it uh, on the Sabbath on the, on the synagogue. And of course, um, it wasn't received very well by the, uh, the people in his town. They, um, they wanted to throw him off a cliff. That's uh, kind of a welcome home, uh, quite a welcome home red carpet, you could say. I guess you could say he was divisive and not pastoral enough, right? And then, of course... Um, we have the um, we have the words uh, in the Psalms of the Magnificat, Mary's uh, 
praise Mary's uh, song. And that's beautiful. Um, Paul, um, Paul is very interesting because he says pray without ceasing. And I remember from the book, The, the Way of the Pilgrim, which is a, a Russian story, an Orthodox Russian story about a man, a, a pilgrim who's been, who wants to know the meaning of praying without ceasing. And he learns what's called the Jesus prayer. And he has a Bible in his, uh, he carries a Bible. He's a home, he's a wanderer. He's a vagabond, a homeless man. And he's he carries a Bible with him and some bread and what little clothes he has. And then he meets a monk who teaches him the Jesus prayer and gives him the book, a book sort of like a collection of church fathers, of sayings from the fathers. It's a very, very beautiful story. Very beautiful story. I'm going to try to read it on my podcast. Um, it's very beautiful. The pil the way of the pilgrim. And he, you know, he learned, you know, he, the book that the monk gives him is actually, it's quotations, like commentary. In, you know, past, you know, I guess you can say pastoral, but it's also uh, like almost like the rabbinical teachings and often is called the chain. The chain means the interpretation and teaching from one father to the next generation of other fathers and to the other one. And they all basically what they do, they build a foundation on the other. And the pilgrim carries both books with him and he goes on quite a bit, bit of an adventure. He calls in quite a bit of an adventure because it's very, very mystical story. It's very, um, it's very Christ-centered. And he, you know, the prayer opens up a door. He wants to, he wants to get closer and closer to God. So he wants to find someplace where he can be alone and where he can just work on his soul. He want, he has this desire. So he goes to the woods and he meets other uh, mystics. He meets other mystics along the way. And basically, you know, that's, that's one Christian learning from another Christian because that's the only way you can only learn a, to be a Christian from that of another Christian. You, you could, you could have the Bible. The Bible is, 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 is good, but sometimes the Holy Spirit does speak to us. And this is something Paul says here, do not despise prophetic utterances. Do not despise prophetic utterances. It's interesting. We, you can compare this. You know how our um, our Protestant brothers and sisters, what they do, what they love to say, what the Lord has placed on my heart. Or they say, uh, last night the Lord spoke to me in the dream. All right. Or the Lord has moved moved my heart or moved my soul to speak to to prophesy this to speak this and we've had that in the catholic church you could say we have private with it we call it private revelation sometimes we call them mystics we have uh like the fatima seers we have bernadette of subiru uh the lourdes apparitions uh we have the sacred heart apparitions we have the Guadalupe apparitions. We have um, Anne Emmerich, uh, blessed, venerable Anne Emmerich, her apparitions. We also have the um, the the um, 
the miracles and the apparitions, um, the life of uh, of uh, Saint Padre Pio, and you know his you know, what the Holy Spirit's done through him. We have had what you call like the same thing, what they have in Protestant churches. Uh, when they believe the God, the Holy Spirit has spoken to their heart and they, they have to say something. Well, it's the same thing. And that's what Paul, in a sense, is talking about because we're always going to have people. It's not Bible revelation. It's private revelation to what God... And, there, and, they, and these are charismatic things. These are charismatic movements. These are charismatic people. You can say Pentecostal evangelical god has spoken to their hearts god has spoken to them god has moved their hearts god has has done these things and this is basically the spirit of the lord has come upon me uh, you know has anointed me and it's the same thing it's basically the same thing and you know my soul proclaims the greatness of the lord my spirit rejoices in god and my god my savior he has looked upon his lowly servant and you know and then of course all generations will call me blessed. So the same Holy Spirit that moved the prophets, moved, spoke to Mary, came upon Mary, um, used her as the, the immaculate vessel to bring the Christ child of the world. Um, and this, you know, God has spoken as he's spoken to Abraham and the prophets and to Israel. It's the same thing he's doing now in the days of the Messiah, the days of the Christ the days of God's anointed one, Jesus Christ, the, the word of God. And then you have someone like John the Baptist who came in the spirit and manner of Elijah and the prophets and is giving, is moved to give testimony to his, to the people. He's, he, he, you know, he really holds two spots. He's both an Old Testament prophet and he's, he's the beginning of the New Testament coming in the manner of the old. It's That's basically who he is. And what he's saying here, I am not the Christ. The Christ is yet to come. You know, I, you know, and then you're like, you know, and who are you then? He goes, are you Elijah? And he said, no. And he said, are you the prophet? And again, he said, no. But in a sense, he is a prophet, but they fail to recognize that. Who are you then? Give us an answer so we can give those who have sent us. And he says, I am the voice of one crying out in the desert. Make straight the way of the Lord. They fail to understand that. Because they were very stuck up and they were very elitist. And I and let's say, let's face it, they saw him as divisive and not pastoral enough, probably. You know, let's face it, that's what that's what happens when people when they get too comfortable with their position of power. They get they get very, very, very arrogant. Okay. They're very arrogant in a sense. They they don't seem to understand that their position, what they what they hold, doesn't belong to them. It comes it comes through the works of Jesus Christ and the works his works through the apostles. They don't own that position. If they fail, they fail to 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 live on the word of God. They got the they got the sacrament. They, the 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 uh, the 
the office, the sacramental office, the office of the priesthood, they can still be worthy of it if they would convert. But I truly believe that they just see it as a social justice. They have adopted the philosophy of the world. They have adopted the philosophy of, of, of atheistic people. And sadly, that's what happened. You know, and um, and John, 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 John makes it quite clear. He, even though he, God speaks to him, even though the, the Holy Spirit moves him, even though um, God has placed much of His Word in his heart, the John always remained humble. I am not worthy to untie the strap of his sandals. And he also told them, you will not recognize him. I baptize you with the water, but there's one among you who you, you do not recognize. The one who's coming after me, whose sandal straps I am not worthy to untie. This is, this is it. This is, uh, this is the word, you know, this is a, a good example of being true to the word of God. Of, of, of always being open and always being humble and reminding ourselves that, you know, that, Oh, being open and being humble and being prepared. Being prepared that God will speak to us either through the Bible or through prayer, meditation, holy hour, um, praying your rosary, saying your other devotionals, and at the same time being prepared for the possibility that God you know, God can use us to perform a miracle. But remember, we're never going to be worthy. We are, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're vessels made of clay. He can reshape us in any way he wants. And he, you know, we, you know, he can put us in any challenging situation. The way he did to people's Christians in the past, sometimes being persecuted by other Christians. That's another thing we should remember that. That's, that's going to happen to us eventually. We're going to be persecuted by members of our own church. We're going to be, we're going to be despised and we're going to be rejected by members of our own church. Persecution has happened before. Catholic against Catholic. You know, unbelieving Catholic, uh, persecuting others that's something we have to be we have to we have to recognize i mean we have so many we have so many divisions now different factions different little camps it's sad you know on one hand you got a bunch of people who want to you know who who believe in the old right the latin mass and i love the latin mass and i think the latin mass is holy but i think what happens is that some people have become so right-winged that it you know, and 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 so grounded that they forget the the love of Christ the gentleness of Christ the the uh the open arms of Christ you know that you could become ritual and you could be completely just ritual but you can't be you can't be. It's, it's, the, the Catholic Church has gone through 2,000 years of changes. It's, you know, it's, it's God's right if he wants to change certain things within his worship, I think. But at the same time, 
the extraordinary form, I think, is something we should keep. I think a lot of the Novus Ordo can pick up from the, from, from the extraordinary form. I don't think that's impossible. And I don't think it's also impossible that you can even say the extraordinary form in just a, a regular everyday vernacular. I mean, why not? Maybe, maybe you could win people over even more if you tried that. I don't think, I don't think it's impossible. I don't think it goes against, I don't think it goes against the word of God because let's face it, the word of God has been around even before there was Hebrew, Greek or, Ara or Aramaic or Latin. The word of God transcends language sometimes. Yes, it can. And God can, can speak to us without words and God can speak to us with words, whatever he chooses. You know, I'm not against, I love the, I love the extraordinary form, but I think the people who sometimes are obsessed with it, um, sometimes show very little, um, true fruit. You know, Jesus said, every tree is known by its fruit. A good tree does not, a good tree does not bear evil fruit and a bad tree an evil tree does not bear good fruit. By their fruit, you shall, you shall know them. And I believe sometimes some people can ground themselves uh, in ritual, but without spirit, without you know, without you know, without you know, without love, forgetting the love of Christ, forgetting the open arms of Christ, and. They should be joyful. They should be joyful, loving, willing to go out of their way to help people learn the extraordinary form. Willing to, to, to give the time to teach it. Instead of giving people, I hate to say this, this is something I've spoken to a lot of people of and they've experienced it. Cold. They're sometimes very, very cold. And they should be sympathetic to the Norris Ordo. They should be sympathetic to the Norris Ordo, especially even to people who go to the Norris Ordo because there are a lot of liturgical abuses. But there can be abuses, in, and we know, in other forms. And Jesus himself, you know, warned, remember, it's by their fruit you shall know them. And of course, I'm speaking about the possibility, you know, because there's been controversy about sexual abuse allegations among certain, um, let's say, trad groups. There's been accused of that, and that's it's a possibility. God can, I mean, I mean, seriously, sorry, uh, the devil can sometimes use blind ritual and blind tradition to he could have sinful people hide behind that. And, and use it and abuse it. It could happen. Okay, folks. Um, let's say the uh, the Nessing Creed. Let me say the the Novena Prayer to Our Lady, Lady of Lords. O ever immaculate Virgin, Mother of Mercy, Health of the sick, Refuge of sinners, Comforter of the afflicted. You know my wants, my troubles, and my sufferings. Cast upon me a look of mercy by appearing in the grotto of lords. You were pleased to make it a privileged sanctuary 
where you dispense your favors, where many sufferers have obtained the cure of their infirmities, both spiritual and corporal. I come, therefore, with the most unbounded confidence to implore your maternal intercession. Obtain, O loving mother, the gathering of my requests. Through my gratitude for favors, I will endeavor to imitate your virtues, that I may one day share your glory. Amen. And the uh, this is the Novena to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. O most blessed mother, heart of love, heart of mercy, ever loving, listening, caring, consoling. Hear our prayers as your children. We implore your intercession with Jesus, your son. Receive with understanding and compassion the petitions we place before you today, especially, and here we make our private um, uh, requests. Let's each one of us take part to make our private requests. All right, we are, com we are comforted to knowing your heart is ever open to those who ask for your prayer. We entrust to you, your, uh, trust to your gentle care and intercession, those whom we love and who are sick or lonely or hurting. Help all of us, Holy Mother, to bear our burdens in this life until we may share eternal life and peace with God our Father. Amen. Okay. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is, ad is adored and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and life of the world to come. Amen. And then um, what I'm going to do now, I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, in my basilica, we say the Our Father in actually Latin. I'm going to say it both, Latin and English. Uh, I'm going to try to satisfy everyone. Okay, so... I'm not, you know, I'm not going to uh, play that game, but I'm going to say it both ways. Pater noster, qui es in celis, santificetro nomen dom, ad vignad regnam tuum, fiat valentas tua, secure in cielo ed in terra. Panam nostrum, quotidianum da nobis hotie, et demiti nobis, depta nostra, secure et nos demitimos, Deptoribus nostris, et non os indugas intatashinam, se libra nos amalo. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. All right, folks, uh, God bless you. When I get back, I will continue The Day Christ Was Born, the book by Jim Bishop. All right, I just didn't want to do it for this podcast episode. And try to understand, I love the extraordinary form. I just don't, I just can't get to it all the time. And unfortunately, when I'm even there, it's... Big, uh, maybe no big surprise. Very few people. I uh, that I don't know. I haven't been able to make contact or friends with people. Uh, people who even go to the extraordinary form seem to be reluctant uh, to uh, open up to try to at least make a possibility of networking, creating a community of people who. You know, to try to reach out to people, to teach the extraordinary form, the, 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 the Latin mass, the traditional Latin mass. And they need to do that. They need to, they need to be able to open up, make it welcoming, invite people in, teach people what the, you know, you know what the, um, the Latin, the Latin rite means. What is it, you know, why, is praying in Latin and important. If you want, if you want to do something, you got to reach out. You got to make yourself accessible, and you got to do it with the love of Christ in your heart. You know, and I think the you know in many cases, I don't think you should ha- treat people who go to the Novus Odo as idiots or talk down to them or be unfriendly to them. In many cases, it could have been helpful if those who are advocates for the Latin Mass to help the Novus Ordo gain some of the fruits of the Latin Mass. If they've done that from the beginning, you wouldn't be so, seeing so many liturgical abuses. I think standing by and letting liturgical abuses happen, even in a Novus Ordo, was terrible. I think it's terrible. I think standing by and just throwing your hands up in the air is not a good thing. I think if in the beginning the advocates, the bishops who were who want the, the extraordinary form of the Latin Mass, I think if you just gone through the by the book, I'm not going to say I understand everything and I probably will not make friends uh, by this criticism, but I think by re- remaining in the boat... All right. Instead of jumping to another boat and fighting to 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 uh, for liturgical integrity, maybe who knows? Maybe less abuses would have happened, less liturgical abuses. But by jumping boat, you let the liberals run the show. You let the lunatics run the show, and then what happened? Look at the mess we're in today. This is what I'm just, this is my own personal criticism. I could be wrong. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. And uh, well, we'll continue this debate in another podcast episode. But, you know, let's uh, say goodbye and I'll enjoy your day. And God bless. And we'll be back together soon. Please pray for me. God bless. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.